All right, Christian Boy Podcast. Today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 22. Now, there's 31 verses in this chapter, and it's going to be going over more laws and more statues that the Lord are going to, is going to give the tribe of Israel. Tribe, kingdom, either one works. So we're going to talk about the kingdom of Israel and the laws that God gives them. So yeah, 31 verses in this chapter, and you're going to see it's about different laws that God's going to be giving the tribe of Israel. Now, what should we be looking for in these laws? We should first be understanding that God is number one. He's holy. And so some of these things may not make sense to us at some times. Like, I'm like, what? Why, why, why would this be the case for this? Or why would God kill this person for this? Because God was trying to basically shape the kingdom of Israel into the kingdom that he wanted them to be because he they are his firstborn and his chosen people. Certain things they could not do and certain things they could do that other nations could and could not do. So that's what we're going to see in this. God's going to be continuing to shape Israel into the kingdom that he wants them to be, giving them these laws and these statues that they should follow. So yeah, you already know what it is. If you have any comments, questions, or anything to say, you can text me at 662-371- 8877 and let me know what it is subscribe to the youtube and let's get right into it on the christian boy podcast our memory verse for the week comes from proverbs 16 verse 2 it says all a man's ways seem right to him but the lord evaluates the motives when a man steals an ox or a sheep and butchers it or sells it he must repay five cattle for the ox or four sheep for the sheep if a thief is caught in the act of breaking in and he is beaten to death, no one is guilty of bloodshed. But if this happens after sunrise, there is guilt of bloodshed. A thief must take full, must make full restitution. If he is unable, he is to be sold because of his death. If he was, if what was stolen, whether ox, donkey, or sheep, is actually found alive in his possession, he must repay double. When a man lets, lets a field or vineyard be grazed in, and then allows his animal to go and graze in someone else's field, he must repay with the best of his own field or vineyard. When a fire gets out of control, spreads to thorn bushes and consumes stacks of cut grain, standing grain, or a field, the one who started the fire must make full restitution for what is what was burned. When a man gives his neighbor money or goods to keep but they are stolen from that person's house. The thief, the thief, if caught, must repay double. If the thief is not caught, the owner of the house must present himself to the judges to determine whether or not he has taken his neighbor's property. In any case of wrongdoing involving an ox, a donkey, a sheep, a garment, or anything else lost, and someone claims, that's mine, the case between the two parties is to come before the judges. The one the judges condemn must repay double to his neighbor. When a man gives his neighbor a donkey, an ox, a sheep, or any other animal to care for, but it dies, is injured, or is stolen while no one is watching, there must be an oath before the Lord between the two of them to determine whether or not he has taken his neighbor's property. Its owner must accept the oath, and the other man does not have to make restitution. But if, in fact, the animal was stolen from his custody, he must make restitution to his owner. If it was actually torn apart by a wild animal, he is to bring it as evidence. He does not have to make restitution for the torn carcass. When a man borrows an animal from his neighbor and it is injured or dies while its owner is not there, 
with it, the man must make full restitution. If his owner is there with it, the man does not have to make restitution. If it was rented, the loss is covered by its rental price. If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged and he has sexual relations with her, he must certainly pay the, pay the bridal price for her to be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he must pay an amount in silver equal to the bridal price for virgins. You must not allow a sorceress to live. Whoever has sexual intercourse with an animal must be put to death. Whoever sacrifices to any gods except the Lord alone is to be set apart for destruction. You must not exploit a foreigner, a foreign resident, or oppress him, since you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them, they will now they will no doubt cry to me, and I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will burn, and I will kill you with the sword. Then your wives will be widows and your children fatherless. If you lend money to my people, the poor person among you, to the poor person among you, you must not be like the money lender to him. You must not charge him interest. If you, if you ever take your neighbor's cloak as collateral, return it to him before sunset, for it is his only covering. It is the clothing for his body. What will he sleep in? And if he cries out to me, I will listen because I am compassionate. You must not blaspheme God or curse a leader among your people. You must not hold back offerings from your harvest or your vats. Give me the firstborn of your sons. Do the same with your cattle and your flock. Let them stay with their mothers for seven days, but on the eighth day you are to give them to me. Be my holy people, you must not eat the meat of a mauled animal found in the field. Throw it to the dogs. All right, so there's a lot of different laws here. Most of them are pretty much fair and obvious. Like if a man steals your ox or your sheep, he must repay five times the ox or four times the sheep, which is pretty fair. If somebody steals from you, they have to repay you back what they owe you, plus some because of, you know, traumatic experience. That's what I think of it. When I think of the extra, but that's actually for restitution and for payback. So yeah, I like that law. And then there's a few different laws in here that talks about if a robber breaks in to your house, you have the right to protect your property and yourself. If it's during the daytime, there is guilt of bloodshed because you can probably see who the person is and different things of that sort. Making people pay restitution if they burn a field or if their animals graze a field. We also see, uh, when people steal things from another person's house, if the thief is caught, they must repay double for what they steal. If neighbors get into a dispute about different things that they own or don't own, they have to go to the judges for it. If a man uh, has sexual relations with a woman who he's not married to, who's a virgin, because you have to pay to marry your aversion, he has to pay uh, the marital price for her. And if the father refuses to give her as his wife, he still has to pay the marital price for her. We also see that uh, people are put to death if they are sorcerers, if they uh, have in intercourse with animals, and if they uh, serve any other gods except the Lord, they are set apart for destruction. We also see that God tells them to be merciful to people who are foreigners among them. Now, that, that can be applied in our society, too. Oftentimes, foreigners are exploited because they don't understand the laws or the language, so people make them work jobs that are 
uh, more laborsome, more tiresome and laborious and and pay them a lower wage than they are due. So we see this in verse 21, that they are not supposed to exploit people who are among them that are foreigners, remembering their time in Egypt and how they were foreigners in the land of Egypt. They should not oppress people as they were oppressed. So that's another thing. We should keep that one in our pockets, too. Whenever there's somebody who's foreign among us, we should not be people who actually, uh, you know, exploit them because they don't understand the language, the laws or the culture. We should actually help them to understand the language, laws and culture. We also see that you must not treat, mistreat any widow or fatherless child. Now, you must not mistreat any widow, fatherless child or orphans. I mean, this seems pretty obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people are cruel to people who do not have parents in the household or wives who do not have husbands. Think of uh, a shady mechanic who takes advantage of his female clients when they come and say, oh man, you don't need only an oil change. You need all this other stuff fixed, which which are actually not broken. Or somebody who uh, mistreats children. Anybody who mistreats children in general, they're bad people. They have something going on with them. They need to go to therapy and they need to forgive people in their lives and also pray. I'm going to say that and I quote it now. If you mistreat children, you're a problem, not the kids. Anyway, yeah, we see we see God says don't mistreat them because God hears the cries of widows and orphans and he will make restitution for them. Also, it would make me feel bad to mistreat widows and orphans. Wouldn't it make you feel bad? If it wouldn't, we need to pray. But if it does, I, yeah, you, you're with me. You feel what I'm saying. So, yeah, don't mistreat widows and orphans in their need. Also, when you lend to people, they, there was a law that when you lend to someone, a part of the tribe of Israel, you should not charge them interest because they are a part of God's people. So, now, should we apply this to our own lives? I don't know. Do you want to charge people interest when they owe you money? I personally don't. Oftentimes, I actually, I don't even borrow people money for the most part. I only borrow certain people a certain amount for a certain time. Everybody else, we, I don't borrow their money. There's different laws and rules about it. You know, I, I govern myself accordingly. Also, God shows, says that we should be compassionate to people who owe us. If you're taking your neighbors, like it says here in verse 26, if you take your neighbor's cloak as collateral, you should return it to him before sunset for it is his only covering. If somebody owes you something, but they don't have much to give you, don't take their last is what he's basically saying. Don't take the last that they have and expect them to continue to survive and live and to produce more for you. How are they going to produce more if you take the last thing that they have? Like if somebody owes me $500, but their rent is due in two days and they only have that 500 to pay their rent. Am I going to say, pay me my 500 and now they don't have a place to stay or a way to pay their rent? No, I'm going to say, you know what? Take your time, pay your rent, do what you need to do. And when you have enough money, you can pay me back. That's that's what we should do as decent people anyway. But, you know, you would think that that's what people would do. But, you know, that's why God sets down the law to make sure that you understand what you should do. Also, we should we see we should not blaspheme God or curse a leader among your people. The second part of that people mess up on the most. Blaspheming God is pretty hard to do if you know how to be an upright servant of the Lord. But cursing the leaders among you is very easy to do and people do it often. They talk about their past or they talk about people that are put in leadership above them or people that are placed above them in certain positions. And they do it often. They talk about them. They make jokes about them. They're like, they talk about how they dress. They talk about different things about them. And when we're not supposed to curse those who are above us or curse the leaders that are ahead of us. And we see that here. 
Now, verse 29, people say, you know, uh, you must not hold back your offerings from your harvest or your vats. Give me the give, give unto me. Like we must not hold back our offerings. Now, some people say, you know, this was Old Testament. They only had to give an offering every once in a while and they did not get a, a weekly paycheck. Now, the harvest was their offering. The harvest, when they got their harvest, that was their offering. And technically, the harvest was their technical paycheck. If you worked your land and you got your harvest, you would either sell your harvest to other people to earn money and to earn the different things that you wanted, or you would use your harvest as your uh, earnings and use it to eat and to survive off of. So that was technically their paycheck. Now, God loves a cheerful giver. Should we give to our churches if they're benefiting society and actually doing things with the money that you're giving them? Of course. Do churches have bills that they have to pay? And are they 501c3s, nonprofits? Yes. And so should we give uh, offerings to, to the churches to continue God's work? Of course. Now, you know if your church is doing the work of the Lord or not. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Should you give to a church that's doing the work of the Lord? Of course. Should you give to a church that's doing the work of the Lord? Of course. Now, my church is one of those churches that do the work of the Lord. So I cheerfully give. We have a lot of different programs. We give out food to the community. We have free clothing for people who need it. We have multiple different programs for the community. And these programs do not run themselves without funding. And so I cheerfully give to my church. So, yeah, you should be a giver and not hold back your earnings and the last one, verse 31, well, we see also it says, give me the firstborn of your sons, do the same with the cattle of your flock. Now, why is he saying this? We saw in Exodus chapter 14, 13, 14, when he kills the firstborn of Egypt, he says that he's going to take the firstborn of Israel and of their animals for the uh, for what he did to Egypt as a reminder of what he did to Egypt. And we see that happen we see him talking about it here in verse 30 of chapter 22. And then verse 31 says, Be my holy people. You must not eat the meat of a mauled animal found in the field. Now, there's multiple reasons why we should not eat the meat of something found in the field. Number one, you don't know how long this animal has been dead. So depending on the length of death, you can catch multiple diseases and sicknesses by eating the meat of a dead carcass. So this was protection of their bodies to make sure that they don't eat something that they're not supposed to eat. As you can see, God wanted to protect their their bodies from sickness and from uh, death, basically, because if you eat the, the uh, carcasses, you don't know how long they've been on the road or wherever they've been. You don't know what animals have been in there. And the longer something has been dead, the more bacteria starts to eat up the body and the decay starts. And so the food meat becomes rotten and all this other stuff. So, yeah, we see that God is only giving them laws that are going to help them govern themselves uh, uprightly, righteously, and to do the righteous things that he wants them to do. Now, are any of these laws unfair in any way? No. If you if you raise up a woman and you have sex with her, you have to pay the bridal price for her. You're not going to get a free wife and supersede her family and get with her. That's why that law was put in place. You're not just going to supersede the family, trick the uh, get with her, do whatever you want and leave. So that's why we see these laws. And so we should look at these laws and think to ourselves, how can these laws align with what we have going on in our lives? And how can we do better in our own lives to follow God's law and to follow what he calls us to do? God may not call us to 
follow every single law that he gives to the tribe of Israel. But in verse chapter 22, I think all these laws should apply to us as well. We should not be thieves. We should be compassionate to other people. We should care for uh, widows and orphans and fatherless children. We should also lend money without interest to certain people. And we should not actually not lend money at all. Some people advise not lending money to anybody, actually just giving the money away. That way you have no disputes with any person. We also should be kind to foreigners. We also should, uh, you know, govern ourselves in ways not, that do not cause us to be on God's wrong side, like um, being a sorcerer or having relations with animals or weird stuff like that. So, yeah, this has been Exodus chapter 22 on the Christian Boy podcast. You can text me at 662-371-8877. Let me know what you think about this episode. God bless you.